Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie Ghostin Paul. I'm the host of the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. Take Nothing When I Die amplifies and celebrates the wisdom and genius of people who've managed multiple careers in one lifetime. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. You've made it to season two, and we are on episode eight. We are coming back after an epic break. We took some time off from April to August of this year. And as most of y'all know, if you were tuned in to the first half of the season, uh, I had a whole baby. Uh, So that's what I've been up to, raising, taking care of, stewarding a whole human being. And it's been a wild, 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 wild ride. Um, I will certainly tell you more about that as the season goes on, Uh, but make sure you catch up. There's a lot of nooks and crannies and details that you probably missed in the first half that have to do with the break and the baby and all the things. So make sure you check out episodes one through seven of the first part of this season. And as part of my transition back, I also got a new editor. So shout out to Bethany from Crackers and Soup. Uh, I'm just so grateful for the team that I've had around me, starting with first editor, going to my second editor, and now I'm on my third. And not because they're not working out. Really, it's just because folks are getting clear and getting focused. Um, Shout out to Nikita for following her dreams and her passion. She won't be working with us anymore, but I feel like I'm in good hands uh, with Bethany. So She's a new part of the team, and there are some other changes that you'll probably notice. Bethany will be taking over some of the pre- and post-production pieces of the podcast, so you will be seeing episodes bi-weekly again. Um, We also, after the interviews, instead of the Take Nothing When I Die takeaway, we'll be doing a little bit of reflection, so there'll be some questions and some time and space for you to reflect. And then you'll see a little bit of change to the show notes and summary. So uh, you'll see that in the actual description of the episode as well as on my website. So just a couple of changes and then one big, 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 big change. You know, I I know y'all, y'all like Stephanie, you put me through it. It really is just, I know that there's so much going on and we're in a season of changes and transitions. And take nothing when I die is changing and transitioning as well. We're adapting as, as we need. So at the end of this season, we're going to run the full eight episodes to the end of December of 2021. At the end of 2021, we're going to be taking a major pause. And that is because we are trying to develop take nothing when I, when I die into a different medium. So you've been rocking with us on the podcast airwaves wherever you listen to your podcast for the past two years. This next year, we'll really be focused on getting Take Nothing When I Die in a different form. What form might you ask? That might be a book. It might be a book series. It might be some workshops. It might be a community space. It may even be a documentary. And shout out to Laura Knights for um, planting that seed. Thank you, Laura, for believing in me. And I'm excited for the possibilities and want to bring y'all along. So if you have ideas, reach out, hit me up. If you got connections, if you're like, uh, we've been looking for something like this, Stephanie, hit me up. And just if you have some support, encouragement, guidance, anything, advice, 
Um, I know the folks who listen to this are in the same boat as me in terms of putting out their work, their talents, their gifts, all that stuff into different spaces and are connected, have done the thing. And I know somebody who listens has some wisdom around this. So lots of changes, lots of transitions, lots of shifts, and some things have remained the same. One of those is, of course, I'm bringing you some amazing guests for the rest of the season, for the rest of this year. And one of them is the one on this episode, Veronica Agard. She is the co-creator, the brains, the visionary, the steward behind Ancestors in Training. So as part of the feedback that I got uh, from last season and, and even the first half of the season, people were like, how do you know these people, Stephanie? How do you know these amazing folks? So I'm committed to sharing a little bit about how we met. We actually follow each other on social media. So, you know, it's one of those things where you see who you're following and then accounts similar. And I can't remember who it was that uh, I was following. And then there was an account similar. So I saw the name Ancestors in Training, which immediately piqued my interest. Of course, you know, I'm interested in that because I'm focusing on being a living ancestor. And then as the universe, God, uh, whoever you believe in does, you know, I had to get another confirmation. So someone else sent me a DM saying, oh my gosh, have you seen this account Ancestors in Training? You need to talk to this person. And so, of course, I followed and I I'm telling y'all, when I saw this account, it was like the posts were written just for me. I was like, who is she? Who? who how does she know my life? Why is she speaking to me like this? Uh, it was like reminding me of that Lauren Hill song, Killing Me Softly, right? Like, how does she know my life? And so I just had to reach out and connect. And we had a wonderful introductory conversation where I heard more about her work. She learned more about Take Nothing When I Die we decided to do this. So I I know you will enjoy her interview. I loved talking with her. And one thing I appreciate about Veronica is that she is so freaking humble, y'all. Like when you look at the body of work that she's produced, she's done so much. She's been at the beginning of organizations and campaigns. She has taken over um, campaigns. She has put her stuff out there on social media, messages, workshops. She casually told me about the work she was doing with Ethos Club. I'm like, uh, hello, that's major. It's huge. And yet she is so very humble. And I don't mean in the like, oh, I don't really recognize my accomplishments or I have imposter syndrome. None of that. I, I never got that impression from Veronica. It really is that she's just sure and steady of herself and her contributions. And you can hear that clearly in her message. You can hear that in our interview. You can hear that through all of the work that she does. And I also really appreciated, as part of that humility, she is very, very clear on honoring the sources from which her wisdom comes from. So whether it is people or events in her family and in her life, whether it's other healers on the journey, it's authors, it's books. She was very clear. This is where this comes from. Here's where I first heard about this. Here's what got me thinking about this. And here is how this sparked this idea. And so I just really appreciate that about her and knowing that she shares in a manner that she hopes at least one person will be 
helped by, and that's how I feel about taking it the one I die as well. So before we get into the episode, let me just read her bio so y'all know who we're talking to today. Um, Veronica is a writer and a cultural organizer at the intersections of Black identity, wellness, representation, and culture. Of Afro-Caribbean, African-American, and Indigenous descent, she experiments with creative healing modalities and puts theories learned into practice. With bylines at Redefining Our Womanhood, Black Girl Magic, Life as Ceremony, and Black and Well, Veronica is also the creator behind the Who Heals the Healer Experience. Uh, needed, that was my add to the bio. <laughs> she also contributes to Your Magic and facilitates the Ancestors in Training Educational Project. She graduated magna cum laude from CUNY City College in 2014 and is pursuing a Master of Social Work degree from Fordham University. Y'all, get into this interview that I had with Veronica. Please enjoy. All right. Well, welcoming Veronica to the Take That The When I Die podcast. Veronica, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. We're so excited to get into a great conversation with you. There's so much that I think we have in common, that you have in common with the mission. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to dive into that ancestry part uh, that you work on. This is like your life's work. Yes. Um, I laugh because like when people describe what I do or who I am, like it's all dependent on the context that people know me from. And when folks are like, yeah, Veronica does this. I'm like, yeah, I do. Like just, it's always a little surreal when folks refer to my work. And I say that from a very, um, a very humble place. And I I felt that we're going to get into how you want to describe your work in just a second. But the mm-hmm. only question I ask everybody is to let us know how you doing the for real, for real version. You don't have to give <laughs> us the autopilot. I'm fine. Give us the real Veronica. How are you doing today? The real me is feeling like the first signs of spring here in the city end up being a lot of different sounds. Um, I'm located in Brooklyn, New York. So It'll be music coming from a car and feeling the bass in my room from out, like that's coming from outside. And that means that the car's windows are down and like people are dressing in lighter clothes or just having more freedom with how they move outside because it's still a pandemic, but it feels like people are coming out more from their long-term slumber, so to speak, from the winter. So I'm feeling pretty in alignment with that, but I'm also just kind of nervous, excited for an event that's happening tomorrow with the person that I've been seeing for a while. So I'm just kind of like, I'm nervous about that. But otherwise, I'm just kind of grateful. Just not really, they're all the way fantastic sunshine gold star, but me, but neither the polar opposite extreme. So I'm pretty, um, what is it? I'm coasting right now. Coasting. Okay. You even, you're just like, yeah, I'm even, I'm not really one way or the other at the moment. Got it. Thank you for that. And again, we ask this question all the time, but we don't even mm-hmm. care about the answer or listen. And sometimes a lot of times when we're asked, we just give the autopilot answer. I'm good. I'm yeah. fine. And we don't slow down. Like I don't, 
if there's anything that this pandemic has taught us is like most of us are not fine and we need to make yeah. space to answer that question yeah. honestly mm-hmm. yeah and especially because the pandemic has forced us to sit with things that we might not have wanted to sit down with um mainly different versions of ourselves shadows like i feel like everybody started talking about shadow work within the past year and i'm like oh like oh that's because everybody's at home with themselves welcome Um, right but just (laughs) everybody's welcome to that journey but i just feel like social media was like ping 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 shadow work and i was like huh what like oh okay (laughs) just like just it's always funny when um certain conversations go from being if you know you know to like everybody's talking about it at the same time and i'm like when did it i'm like there was no in between none with certain topics but it's it's a good thing but i'm always curious at how that happens especially within collective consciousness always curious like like how like how did that happen it went mainstream it went viral that um that and rest like people like cutie pop mental health and the nap ministry haven't been saying like rest is resistance for years for years and i'm like oh okay cool so it's it's interesting to teeter this line between especially with like all the isms it's like how do we shift the needle so that way more folks are in alignment different things without it being attached to a crisis Mm -hmm. right so i wish that people came to these realizations or listened to folks before everything went sideways and lights were flipped upside down and you know folks have been grieving the lives that they used to have and also like the lives lost right yes 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 and i think it's it's a huge lesson for us all like can we learn without struggle yeah (laughs) struggle an integral part of the learning and progression process yeah and like you said like for me this pandemic has been about like muscle memory like Mm-hmm. These are things that we are always practicing. Let's remind ourselves and sit in them versus, oh my God, yeah. how do I deal with this? This is too much. I need to learn a new thing. Right. And there's a right. Yeah. I hear the word discipline in what you just said. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That practice. Because and no judgment. Again, they, when people, we come they, to no, stuff I, when it's supposed to come to us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we heard, we were, we were together. When it comes to you, that's when it's supposed to come to you, and that's when you need to mm-hmm. learn it. And you know, I, I think I think it's a really great point. How do we um, honor the traditions while also being yeah. really excited about new people discovering them? Because you got to yes. know the roots. So it didn't just pop mm-hmm. up this year that rest is resistance. Like we got to honor where the nap no. ministry has been for years, so that we can yeah. enjoy where we are today. So it's about homage too. We gotta pay we gotta pay homage. Yeah, because especially with social media, it's hard because there's this line between like F derivative. So it's like somebody got the spark, right? So whether it's you got the spark from a higher power or your God or your ancestors or whatever source you draw upon, you saw something and it really spoke to you and eventually it turns into something that you present as your own body of knowledge without acknowledging what inspired you, right? That's why after a certain point with ancestors and training, I had to make a syllabus 
to make sure that I was clear, never mind anybody else, that I was clear, like I did not just, you know, like I put the words together and I create experiences that are unique and are reflective around that concept. But this idea of being aware of your impact on the world and thereafter while you're still alive, that's not mine. That doesn't belong to anybody, right? So it's interesting to watch people have conversations around this while the traditions that we're conversating about end up being flipped and whitewashed back to us. And I'm like, meanwhile, meanwhile, we're arguing with each other and somebody tried to sell me back smoke cleansing which isn't even fully my tradition. It's mainly an indigenous to the Americas tradition. And they tried to sell it to me at some Instagram shop in a rose gold colored aesthetic, right? And I'm like, why are we not, like, can we can we talk about, I'm like, sorry, I'm Sagittarius, so I can be loud. I'm like, why aren't we talking about how these things that went from it was illegal to use smoke in ceremony for indigenous folks in the Americas up until the 70s, so not that long ago, to sages being overharvested. So for me, that's one of the frames for ancestors in training is to look at that and look at like the ways in which we hyper-consume these cultures, these traditions of people of color. Mm-hmm. And then we also do the same thing to the people who teach us those bodies of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So I'm I'm always like, okay, so the same, um, what is it? Somebody said it, um, and I don't remember who, forgive me. The same way that we treat the land is the way that we treat the people who took care of that land. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so for me, I'm like with spirituality and wellness, I'm like, when we do that, then we inherently disconnect ourselves from the integrity and the honor that it's at the root of the practice. Then for me, if you're talking about magic or doing any kind of work, I'm like, your your work is already half watered down because you mm-hmm. didn't you didn't put in that intention. You didn't put in that work from a place that wasn't tainted. It was tainted by you or by somebody else or somebody being like, ah, 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 spells are done like this, or don't this, and don't do this. And it's like, okay, but, you know, what should we do? Oftentimes, it can feel like within spirituality and wellness as a large scope and a macro view, sometimes it can feel like there's a lot of people saying don't or can't or shouldn't or wouldn't, like something in the negative. But then also not in the same breath, inviting in whatever they want to invite in or the opposite. I want all of the things and I want to live an abundant life and I want all this money. Money, I attract money. Money likes me. All of that. All of those mantras, which are great. But if you ask for blessings, you have to make room for them in. can't it's like what folks say about spring cleaning, like and decluttering and like how that's an actual like, no, if you let go of certain things, then you can actually invite in new things. And it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can be you let go of self-defeating thoughts around your body. And then somewhere down the line, you realize that the only person complaining about your body is you, right? Like the 
there's certain ways in which if you let go of an idea, then a new one can come in and it might be something that's in more alignment or it can help you be in more alignment with the best version of yourself that you can be. Gotta make room. You gotta make space. Gotta make, make room for blessings. Yes. I, scr- I feel like I scream that all the time on my personal social media. <laughs> make room. Yes. So tell us, you, you started to talk about it. I feel like we're in the conversation about the work that you do in general. Tell us about mm-hmm. ancestors and training. And then talk to us about, you know, people describe you in very particular ways based on how they know mm-hmm. you or how they've experienced you. How would you describe the work that you do? Tell us about that. Okay, so for the socials and the the quicker version of how I describe ancestors in training is that it's an inquiry-based educational project. So inquiry meaning there's a lot of prompts, there's a lot of writing, there's a lot of questions, right? Because I feel like sometimes questioning can, the act of questioning or asking a question in and of itself can provide an answer. And I frame it like that because my mother used to be a teacher. And one of the things that she always used to say to me is that no matter what it is that you do, is that everything has to be an extended deliberate practice, right? So I took that and applied it to anything that I'm doing, right? Um, so one of my professional taglines is that, that I'm in a professional, an, in an extended deliberate practice of being myself. It doesn't matter if I just do it once or who finds this will know. Like you can't just do something once and go into the gym and doing crunches once and you're like, okay, woo, I have apps. Like I'm going to be on the hottie boot camp. And it's like, no, you got to be in the gym with me. You got to be in the gym with Megan all the practice time, it. right? You got to practice, right? And whatever that practice looks like. And if you fall off one day or you do it, like it's still valid. So. I bring that kind of perspective to the work that I do. But with Ancestors Zooming, it actually started from almost exactly 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years this fall when my paternal uncle and my paternal grandmother passed away within 66 days of each other, Mm. back to back. A lot of people during these times have new languages and new understandings of grief. I had not gotten an understanding grief in the ways in which people have been grieving lately until that moment. So I was mean about spirituality and especially the Ifa based traditions. And this is the part where we got to open sources. Um, she has a book called Jambalaya. When I read that book and I found that book, I was like, this is amazing. Like this, they appreciate her story. And then when I was just Googling her, I don't remember exactly how or where I saw she has a quote and it's not from that book, but it said, we're the ancestors of the future and what we do now will have an impact. And that was, that was the, that was the click light bulb that said, hey, like, what does it mean to have that kind of mindset now? Mm. Like, right, can shape what kind of sister you'd want to be, right? And she has a whole way of work and she still does IG lives and she like get thee to her work, right? And when I started reading that book, it then triggered me reading The Altar of My Soul by Dr. Marta Morena Um just just like weaving in like story 
and folks walking through their journeys. And I was like, okay, I want to be able to pull um, some of learned and just sit with people in a way that feels natural to me. Natural way that it was, especially throughout. Argue my husband, my bless her heart still has all my journals when I a moody child. Wow. <laughs> and just physically writing down, not just typing, right? But like physically have a journal to be like, this is how I felt today. It is the 2000s. Uh, instinct is about to burn. <laughs> Solo thing, like Beyonce just evolved into Beyonce, Destiny's Child, right? Like, the sleep, quote-unquote, back then, but, like, I've always had some practice, and that was another thing that tied together the things that I was learning, because then I would just blog about it. I'd be like, okay, so like this, and this didn't, this didn't land right, or, like, I want to do this practice all the time. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the longer version of how to just entertaining, but that in mind, I don't really consider myself an organizer of quote the ways in which it's been politicized. I can self more of a true organizer that feels good. Like uh, I say educator, but in the sense of I'm not a teacher, like no shade to teachers, but I like I attempted teaching and it was it went exactly the way that y'all think it went if you're listening. <laughs> And um, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> so for a while, I was a college in high school. So I went working with first graders to senior, senior people. That's a jump. I was like, not really. really just bigger and they can <laughs> talk about their feelings. And, but at the end of the day, they just won't see, right? Yeah. I miss working with youth in that capacity. So I do work with youth in a limited way where I have taught ancestors and training as a course before, like intergenerational, but then also to youth. Um, I'm in the midst of able to do that again. It's a vein in which I'm like, I consider myself to be an educator. But yes, a writer, educator, and cultural organizer. I'm pretty sure that's what I have in my bio right now. But um, people describe me other identities like healer or I, I can't even think about it. But the healer comes from my older project, Who Heals the Healer, um, which I I say older because I'm not sure to do right now that because it feels very difficult to circle around. So I have not done anything with that brand since pandemic to be. But I realized that people prescribe you titles sometimes and you try to live up to it or you try to figure out what about you that makes people attach those to you, especially a title like a healer. Because I'm like, people do annoy themselves with that title mm-hmm. and that's their prerogative. My opinion is that should be given to you. Mm-hmm. Like there should be things that you do. There should be some folks that teach you. There's to be some folks that turn from and then name, I call it yourself a healer, but that's 
that's a whole other podcast. A whole <laughs> that's a separate. That's a separate one. We'll, that's a we'll separate get, conversation. We'll get to that in the next one. But this this is fascinating. <laughs> I think this idea of like how people see you and how you see yourself is really important, mm-hmm. especially when you're on social media or doing workshops. Uh, how do yeah. you describe these things? And I want to, I do want to focus on how you feel about the work you're doing. Cause I think like mm-hmm. sometimes, especially for folks to listen to the podcast, there's a difference in how people see them versus how they see themselves, which is about mm-hmm. fear of stepping into their calling or to their gift <laughs> versus, um, like something like a healer or an ally. Like I don't even use the word ally, but like these yeah. words that you can only be bestowed based on your relationship to other people. So that's, yes. that's the second, that's the second podcast. This, for this podcast, we'll, we're exploring, I want to hear from you about with the one, with the titles, with where you feel comfortable, like you've named educator, you've named um, like facilitator, you, you were like holding mm-hmm. space for these experiences for the ones that you have given yourself it seems like with the backstory and all the things that led to you having that title, that it feels clear, like Veronica was supposed to be doing this. And yet I'm guessing that there may have been times for whatever reason, where there was doubt or fear or hesitation. Oh yeah. So talk, talk to us about that. Like people who listen are, the problem isn't the gift necessarily. It's Mm -hmm. like, how do I actually get into the world? How do I get, past or work through yeah. or sit in the middle of the doubt, the fear, the confusion, the hesitation that might mm-hmm. come up with my gift. Absolutely. Um so with respect to the times I was in and the space that I was in when I created ancestors and training, that was right was it. That was the last time I was on unemployment. So I got let go from that charter school be named and I was like, oh I don't know what it's like to not work. What is this? Like, I forgot what that felt like because I also worked when I was in summer. So I was like, this this is nice. I get to, you know, just exist? Question mark, exclamation point. Like, what happens when I just can exist? Um, And then when that ended, that's when I found the college advising job that only just now ended this past October 2020, right? So I had that identity for a very long time. Um, it was in the, especially in the make space, space of my life. It was like, okay, what do I, what do I want to do next? Or, um, really a lot of what you just asked is the questions of who we are, right? I'm like, whether or not we see it. I was someone who, when I was in high school, I was born in December of 1990, so I was made to wait in New York. They make you wait a year to go to school mm-hmm. after that, right? Because I want to make sure that people are adjusted. That had its benefits, in hindsight, thanks mom and dad. But it also came with, you know, with the coming of age crises that one does when they're a teenager. Uh, I hit puberty before everybody else. I had a lot of really bad hormonal acne, like was very insecure. So, especially because this past year I've been dealing and naming more of how my shadow still pops up, 
a lot of my shadow work now understands the the root of that being more so as someone who has survived trauma i still in moments where it's like oh no like a, a reflex can be that i can shrink so as opposed to um what is it they say fight fight flight or fawn um or freeze yeah or freeze right um i guess shrinking might be in the vein of freezing because i didn't didn't do fight i didn't fight and i didn't flee either so i realized in those kind of moments um a change right like and as much as people talk about god is changed like we're still afraid of change right like i myself included the we in that statement is active um <laughs> but i realized that in you asking that question like a lot of the challenges for me because when I was in high school, there were things that were said to me or things that were done to me that made me feel like I was too much TM, whatever, whatever that means, especially young, dark skinned black girls that are smart or opinionated or we have something to say. It might not even be the teachers. It might not be the white students in your class. It may even be your own people. This is yeah. a separate podcast. Those that's kind of third, things. That's the third podcast. <laughs> got a list. We got a list. <laughs> um, those kind of things made me, like, they still stick with me to yeah. this day, right? Um, especially in the sense of presence. Um, people talk about energy, yeah. right? And I'm just like, the more that I'm myself, the more that people are like, oh no, like your, your presence is felt, which means that my absence is felt too, right? Um, duality means that both of those things can be true at the same time. Um, I think the challenge for me at times has been when stepping into that, like calling around ancestry and things like that is because it's so deeply personal to me. And of course it's personal because it has to do with our personhood, but it's traumatic in a way. And a friend of mine reminded me of that two years ago when I was facilitating because I got down into the emotions and the roots of like, how I was really feeling when people started passing away or like when I went to St. Kitts where my grandmother was from and I met some of my cousins um, that knew about me and all these other kind of things. And they were like, oh, you look like your dad at this age. And I was just grieving the fact that I didn't have these connections prior to people passing. My friend was like, Veronica, you don't have to open up all of your wounds in order to tell this story, in order for people to understand why, to be in, uh, why being an ancestor and training is important. Mm. He's like, you don't have to do this all the time, right? So for me, a part of the, the hesitancy around the, the reason which people describe me or how I describe myself is because I'm tearing this edge of like, well, I don't want to do too much, but then also like, but it's not about me, right? So the it's not about me part will come up and be like, well, there's a lot of people who believe in you and believe in the work that you're doing. So you should probably keep doing it because the best feedback is whether people still keep coming to your workshops mm-hmm. um, or people still engage with you, whether it's on socials or whatever, like whatever the mechanism is. Like for me, I'm like, well, you got to show up for other folks in a way that feels comfortable to you. So find a way that that works, but I'm trying to think. 
that too much access or too the too much thing is more so um what is it it has to do with the if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room phrase mm. so if i'm the like the most quote unquote in a room or like my energy is too much or i'm doing too what too whatever insert other word here that's not a space i need to be in mm. right and that's something that I actively, speaking of a practice, that's something I actively have to push back against once I see myself getting ready to go back into that spiral again. Then I'll just be like, whoa, wait, right? So like that also has to do with, um, this is what I was getting back into. Sorry. I do, I, when telling stories, I travel in and out of time. So I'm like, okay, so this happened and then this went over here and then this thing and this reminds me of this. So I just want to name that. That's just how my how my brain works. We're, tra- but, we're tracking. We're tracking the whole. <laughs> we're coming. We're tracking. Trying to paint a picture. Um, in 2017, that too much access hit because there were a lot of questions and conversations and the collapse of the group that I was a part of around who am I to do this work? Mm. And then I was like, well, actually, that's a good question, right? I didn't even take it, like, in the negative sense. But then on days where I would doubt myself, I would take it in the negative sense. And just be like, well, who am I to do this work? I'm only, 20, especially at that time, I'm like, yo, I'm only 26. Like, I ain't nobody's elder. I ain't nobody's authority on this. Like, huh? Like, I still call my mother and, like, go boo-hoo crying when something goes sideways. Like, I who is, like, so I really was like, well, who am I, right? And, like, I think that that kind of self-inquiry is necessary because some of those questions can be generative around, well, who, if you don't like what you've been doing, what do you want to do? Can you pivot? Yeah. Can you change some of these behaviors? Or can you double down on some of them, right? So this whole, like, oh, wrong, like, the, and again, the, the too much rhetoric, right, um, that even shows up in how I speak or how often I speak, right? Um, I'm trying to think how else this shows up. That that even shows up when people say, Veronica, you should have a podcast. But I'm like, nah, I feel like I'm talking all the time on the internet. I'm like, nah, again, Veronica the Sagittarius. I'm like, I chat all the time. But what that is, is if people really know me, then I talk all the time. But if people have this idea of me, I was like, Vera's got the juice on the internet. Then sometimes it's like, oh, Veronica doesn't know. I'm like, I do. Strategically. Um, Capricorn Mercury. <laughs> the, <laughs> so place, like, I'm, the placements. The placements. <laughs> um, no, but I really do. Like, I try to be, the older that I get, the more I'm like, am I adding to the conversation or no? And if I'm not adding to the conversation and I don't feel like adding to it, I'm like, okay, who is? Because I ain't got it right now. Somebody else, somebody else is, you know, in the same wavelength, like we hear, like somebody else probably said it. Um, But that's too much. Like it it has to do with black people being made to shrink because of all the things that we have survived and um, especially black women and femmes and queer folks, like, anybody who exists within margins, like the ways in which we have been made to shrink in order to survive white supremacy, like that shows up in everything that we do. 
So that's why, like, even for me, I'm just like, I'm very confident. But then there's some moments where I'm just like, 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 do I want to do that? Or like, do I want to post that out in the world? Like, even with ancestors retreating as of late, I'm like, I've been throwing up prompts that I do within circles all the time. Right. But then the internet is like, oh my God. And I'm like, huh? Like, so for me, I'm like, I don't get it. Right. Like I don't, and it's not that I don't understand the power of like sharing the words. It's just like, I don't understand why if I put it in a carousel, Instagram is like, oh my goodness, this is the most important thing. And I'm like, this is great that it's reaching other people. But I'm like, I shouldn't, for me, sometimes I'm like, I shouldn't have to trick y'all with the aesthetics. (laughs) But um, I'm saying that very, I'm very grateful. For, I'm very grateful for the way that the algorithm is in my favor on Instagram um, Instagram right now with ancestors and training. But I definitely saw that. And then once I saw that that was happening, I was like, okay, I can actually take up more space in my corner of the internet that people like. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. This is so good. Cause I, I think you're hitting on a bunch of different facets. Like what's the internal stuff that's happening What's mm-hmm. the system stuff that's happening? And then, like, how do you translate? So on so- social media, you're like, these are prompts I use all the time. But, like, the bite or the, the, the viral, mm-hmm. you know, however you want to describe it, people fit it into a certain framework. Yeah. Which I think when people hear that, I think it's really encouraging, comforting to know, like, you, what I hear you talking about is just, how do I stay in alignment with myself? Like they'll always yeah. need the other stuff. That stuff will white supremacy, homophobia, mm-hmm. classism, all like that stuff will all will be there. Yep. But like what's my job? What what am I showing up right. to do? Or and how I, am I showing up in the world? And if I'm showing up in the world in a way that no longer feels good, is it in my control to change it? Yeah. Right? Like is there but, anything that I can that I can do to affect that change in my own life myself before before I even decide to put it on the internet. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And I just want to congratulate you because everybody's not doing that work, right? So mm-hmm. what is heard is often the algorithm or the system or the, the likes or whatever. And that's yep. outside, right? Like it's a different gate. It's, it's, it's a different approach and it invites mm-hmm. a different gaze. So I just, I yeah. like being in, in integrity is everything. And I want to congratulate mm-hmm. you for that while still Thank like you. honoring that it's work. You, you said it's working in my favor. It's working out yeah. and I get to stay true. <laughs> like I get to stay true yeah. to myself because that's all that matters. Absolutely. Thank you. So we're getting to my, my favorite, well, my favorite question of the podcast, which you kind of alluded to um, a little bit. Um, but it really is about how people will discover you in the future and the mm-hmm. impact that you have. So I have no clue what the future holds, but I want yeah. you to take us through um, someone finding your work in a hundred years. So we're going to be in 2121. We go, I don't know. If wow. I don't know if we'll have Instagram. I don't know if we'll have Twitter. Whatever it is, whatever <laughs> systems and technology and internal and external and global things. Right. Someone comes across Veronica's work, your workshops, your social media. Um, they come across ancestors and training. Talk to us about that moment. You can talk about how they discover you. We talk about impact. 
What do they see? What do they feel? What's the impact felt in a hundred years? Well, uh, whoever my descendants are, uh, I I hope that y'all are there when this happens, right? Like I don't like this is an aside, but one of the things that I ask and discuss with folks in ancestors and training is this idea of like chosen family and like kinship in that way versus like direct kinship, right? And how like I think you need a mix of both, so I have a mix of both. Um, so whoever my descendants are, like blood and chosen. Uh, I hope that they're there at whatever that process is, because I do believe in, uh, I obviously, if you get nothing else from ancestors and training is that there is a need for legacy yeah. and there is a need for legacy building. Um, so I would be, I would be remiss if like there weren't some folks who, they don't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be a whole plethora of people. But enough people to say, oh, yeah, she did that work in her 20s, 30s, 40s, however. Um, and then she passed it on to somebody else, right? Because I also believe in that. I believe in um, after a certain point, if you build a really good, and have, this is my father's military experience speaking, uh, after a certain point, you want to be able to pass the leadership. You don't always yeah. have to be the one leading the thing. It's yeah. actually a better take on leadership or is more transformational for you to step back and let somebody else step up. Um, so whoever that chain has gone to, hopefully they'll still be there. Um, and I want them to know that at the end of the day, I tried my best and that I asked questions that I asked myself, right? Going back to integrity, like I don't put anything up or I don't explore anything within ancestors and training that I'm not prepared to ask myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I want them to, I want them to know that um, hopefully by that point in the time capsule, because I'm envisioning it like in the time <laughs> capsule, something used to bury yes. um, Somewhere in that time capsule, I hope that whatever books that everybody keeps saying I'm supposed to write, I hope future me does that and gets it together. Because uh, current me is like that's scary, mm. but I hope and my words, um, and I hope they're able to to understand my words in a way that still resonates um, and still palatable. Because I think sometimes, especially for folks who have been or are currently in academia, sometimes we use all these words to describe the thing, and then our own people, whoever they are, can't understand us when we speak in those kind of languages. So I still want to be, I want whoever opens it to be able to understand what I, what I was saying, right? Because otherwise it'll just be a bunch of words mm -hmm. um, that won't necessarily have the desired impact. I want them to know that I was small in stature, but big in character. Mm. I want them to know that, that I was five, three technically um, I was going to say how tall are you like five three ish um it's really five foot two and a half um <laughs> my mom is four my mom is four eleven and my dad is six three so they thought okay I was like five eight but uh. I peaked at five three um plus or minus when I have a, my full fro out because then that gives me like a couple more inches 
Um, <laughs> but um, small, small in stature, big in character also goes to like what I was just saying before about energy and like presence and resonance and like there's certain things about me that are felt in a room and I'm like, okay, I need to understand that and not fear it as much and also understand that that comes with some kind of responsibility just a little bit. Um, so the good character part comes from Ifa Yoruba teachings around Iwa Pele, um, which means exactly that, just good character. Like everything that you do, everything that you say to the best of your ability on every day, like to be in your highest good and for the people that are in your immediate circle because our actions our actions impact the people that are closest to us. Um, what else do I want them to know? I want them to know that duality is important and that things and feelings and ideas can exist on spectrums. That it doesn't have to be as binary in thinking. Um, and that both and as a concept can save your life. Um, that multiple things can be true at the same time, right? Like folks talk about grief and gratitude coexisting, right? Um, I want my life to be a model of that. Um, however long I'm here. Um, and that there's a way to do it without, you know, there's a way to do this work without, quote, having figured it all out yet. Um, that we don't have to be, that, and also that we don't have to be chosen. We can choose ourselves. Um, we can put ourselves on, like, as opposed to waiting to be chosen. Like, that we can choose ourselves and that we can choose to be beyond in alignment like we can choose to be like in our body and like listening to our gut and being like hmm this doesn't resonate anymore or like mm, maybe i shouldn't go outside today and like all the ways in which our bodies can can save us and can in excuse me using the same phrase can intuitively key us into what we need to change and what we need to let go of but that all falls under like what i mean when i say like small in stature big in character mm-hmm. big impact that's that impact that's it that's Ooh. yeah <laughs> you know you know you're talking you know you're talking to a 411 giant right so i'm just i'm resonating because people are like when i'm when they meet me in person they're like you're tiny like i would never yeah. think that you are i wouldn't i don't see you as that and I think even growing up, I probably didn't see. I thought I was taller than I was. That's that's a yeah. Whole, that's, unless that's you, the fourth you were, that's the fourth podcast. Yeah, that's the fourth. <laughs> that's on the list oh. too. Uh, you you wouldn't know by the people I dated or the mm-hmm. the things that I did. Like I was, I didn't consider my again. It's like the inside out. Yeah, we're seeing or experiencing. It, it wasn't like oh, you're short, you can't, or you're short, you. This is what yeah, for sure. Out. I was like, oh, I'll do what I want. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that kind of energy. That's why I was always in um, supposed to doing in marching band. When I say that I was in marching band, people assume that I was a color guard, right? That I spun the flags, that I did, you know, dainty things because I'm short. 
I carried a 40 pound drum kept up me and was marching. Okay? So that's what I mean by like, nah, I'm small, but try me. Sagittarius. Just no. Especially 13 year old me that was a tomboy, please. Please. I was doing everything I could to 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 bump that narrative of like being small in that way. Right. So I completely understand of like and that's actually a good way to understand my own temperament, actually. Young me was funny. It was stuff see this is fourth, fourth podcast. We got we got a list. I know, that's why I keep laughing at myself. <laughs> it's, it's a mixtape. I mean, whatever. Oh, yes, mixtape. <laughs> you one of my favorite all... love languages. Oh, it's yeah. One of my favorites. Playlists. Yes. I get that from my dad. My dad uh, says he's the he's the world's greatest unknown DJ. And he said that to me on the phone the other day. And I was like, I know you. What do you mean? Dad. Um, but I get that from him directly. Like sometimes I'm like, here you go, here's a song. People are like, what? I'm like, hi, I have feelings, and as opposed receive to saying it. the feeling, receive it, receive it. This is good, Veronica. I love talking to you. We're at our last question, and you all okay. again so beautifully and brilliantly have already kind of answered it. You gave us when you were talking about 2121. You started to give us some mm-hmm. like, what don't you want to take with you to the grave? And, oh, yeah. and part of why, why this podcast is called what it is called, Take Nothing When I Die, mm-hmm. is because of lots of influences um, from my life, lots of experiences that I had, and in particular, a quote from Les Brown that says, um, the, the graveyard is the richest place on the planet. People take mm-hmm. things with them. They take cures yep. and books. And uh, and by yeah. the way, we're calling it. We're just gonna call in the books, multiple. There there will be books. We're we're naming it and we're calling it in. So it's it is it will be done. So it is. Um, okay, but people okay. take this to the grave. Cures, inventions, yes. books, songs, talents. So in an effort to not take these things to the grave, what's one thing that you don't want to take with you to make that graveyard a richer place? Give us, give, take us home. Take us home. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Um, what do I not want to say for to the grave? I might have even said it already around like taking up space. I'm trying to think, what don't I want to say with me? Huh. Because the person that I'm seeing reminds me of this, so I'm going to say it. Don't be so afraid to ask for what you want when you know that you're going to get it. Don't be so afraid to ask for what you want when you know that you're going to get it and then not ask the question. Because never mind who it is or who it isn't, if you never ask for what you want of whomever physical person, ancestor, spirit, whomever. If you don't ask for it, then you'll never get it. Um, the hood would say, closed mouths don't get fed. Hood proverb. That, that's a hood proverb, but Ooh. that I, I, on my, my, my heart and mind right now around um, getting out of my own way. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was expensive. I mean, like, I'm really glad you're not taking that to the grave. 
I'm really glad you left it here because you left a lot here. So thank you, Veronica. Let us let our listeners know where they can find you. You talk, you've been telling us about the social medias and the interweb. Mm-hmm. Where do you play? Where can we say hey, support you, watch your <laughs> IG lives? Uh, where you at? Yeah. So for all things ancestors and training related, the Instagram handle is just that ancestors plural in training. Uh, then by shenanigans on my public facing Instagram is Vero, as in like the derivative of Veronica, because I run with a lot of Spanish speaking black, Afro, Latina, and Latinx folks. Uh, so Vero and then possessive meaning so Vero's got the juice. Uh, shout out to Cheyenne who said that a while ago and then that's moved into my handle. Um, and I refuse to change it because then I made that before Janelle Monet made the song and I was like, I am never, ever changing this handle ever. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm there and if you find me there, then you can find the websites, but the websites are simple. So like ancestors in training is ancestors in training dot org. My personal website that has my blog and how to book me and all these other kind of things is my name.com. So Veronica Agard. So A-G-A-R-D dot com. Veronica is traditional spelling because I'm named after my late grandmother that I spoke of. Um, what else is how to find me? That's it. Okay. Because really. if you find me there, then you'll find anything else. <laughs> you go down the rabbit hole. Yes. Yeah. So I will make sure all that makes it onto the show notes. Thank you again, Veronica. Thank you for blessing us. This was so much fun and it was a pleasure to not only hear, but witness you. So thank you for that. And we'll let, we'll have to let you go. Cause you know, we can't just talk all day. Um, <laughs> we do have to stop this at some point. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad that this was, um, this was, um, a conversation that had levity in spite some of the the heaviness of like some of the questions and even the roots of this work. So I'm grateful and thank you for witnessing me and for having me. Thank you, Veronica. We'll talk to you soon. All right. After that, you just got to breathe. Like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I want to invite you to take three deep breaths. Take your time. Don't rush it. Long inhale, long exhale without straining. And just let that integrate. How many times do we listen to something? We don't let it wash over us. We don't let it integrate. We don't really noodle on what we heard. As you breathe and as you let it wash over you, what is swirling for you from this interview? What are you left noodling on? What were you struck by? And what I really, really want to know is how are you different because of her words? I let y'all know the post interview was going to be a little bit different. Instead of take nothing when I die, take away. I'm really just holding space for folks to integrate what they've heard. I don't want this to be another thing where oh, I listened to that thing and there were so many nuggets and then you leave and then they're gone literally 45 minutes later. So whatever you heard, however you are changed, 
whatever you need to take away, I hope that you will take some time to integrate, to apply, to write it down, to create a reminder, whatever you need to do for based on what you heard here today. All right. So if you like the show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. When you subscribe on your platform of choice, as soon as an episode uploads, it will be downloaded to your device. So make sure you like, favorite, subscribe. And if you have a few minutes, please leave a review. Apple Podcasts makes it really easy to do so. You can also find us on social media. We are on Twitter at TNWID and also on Instagram at Take Nothing When I Die, all spelled out. If you want to build community with us in a different way, check out patreon.com slash TNWID. Over on Patreon, we've got videos of the podcast if you like visuals, more tidbits and takeaways from me. And even better, a community of living ancestors. These folks are loyal fans and supporters of the podcast. They are able to ask questions of me. And there's some exclusive content that you will literally not see anywhere else on the internet from me. So head on over to Patreon to join that community. If you are feeling generous, and if you got it like that, and you want to give some coin, you can always do so through a one-time donation, which supports the production of this podcast, as well as my coaching and consulting work. You can find me on PayPal at paypal.com slash Stephanie Ghostin, just my name. On Venmo, it's Stephanie-Ghostin, and you'll see a picture of me. And on Cash App, it's the dollar sign. S-L-G-H-O-S-T-O, S-L-Gosto. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes page. StephanieGhostin.com slash T-N-W-I-D is where I house all of the episodes as well as the show notes. It's there. You'll find all the links that I've mentioned, both to social media, to the Patreon page, to the donation links, as well as more information about our guests and all the resources mentioned during the show. So if you missed something or you're like, what was the spelling of that one thing that so-and-so named, or you just want to see some great artwork, memes, and doodles, go on over to my site, stephanieghostin.com slash T-N-W-I-D. This is my time, y'all. I have to sign off. Again, this, this is your host, Stephanie Ghostin Paul. I'm bringing you the Take Nothing When I Die podcast, and I'm leaving you with your reminder that you are a living ancestor. Take care and hope to talk soon.